Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Five Rings to Rule Them All. I'm Sid Ziegler. For many years, as the debate over the inclusion of trans women in women's sports has developed, one of the arguments against people who say that trans women have unfair advantages against cisgender women in sports and they're unbeatable and um, and, and this, these, these over-the-top claims that are simply not borne out by fact, one of the arguments that's been used against them has been that in all the years, and it's been about 20 years, since the International Olympic Committee has had a path to inclusion for trans women in women's competitions, in all those years, there's never been a trans athlete to participate in the Olympic Games, and there's never even been an athlete to, to qualify for the Olympic Games. And as far as we know, that's true. Uh, Keelan Godsey was in the U.S. Olympic trials um, years ago, a, a, a trans man who was competing in uh, with the, in, um, the women's uh, throw, hammer throw or, or, or shot put. I think it was hammer. Um, Anyhow, that was a trans man competing in women's competition. Uh, but you know, really, the, the, the focus of the conversation has been trans women competing in women's sports. Well, that is likely about to change. We have known about a number of trans athletes who have had their eyes on the Tokyo Olympic Games for quite some time. And news this week has come out that one of them has, in fact, qualified for the Olympic Games. Laurel Hubbard is a weightlifter out of New Zealand. We've written about Laurel a bunch. Laurel won silver medals at the 2017 World Championships. Uh, she won a gold medal at the Pacific Games. And Laurel has long had the best shot at qualifying for the Tokyo Games. What happened this week, or I should say last week, was that some of the qualifications to qualify for the Tokyo Olympics uh, have changed. And they've changed in large part because of the lack of competitions over the last year. I was speaking with... Uh, Carly Webb about this uh, late last week. Uh, and by the way, if you don't if you don't follow Carly on social media, Carly is one of our writers and she's awesome. I love talking with Carly. She has an amazing history in and around sports. She, along with Don Ennis, hosts the Transporter Room which is a, 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 they talk about sports, obviously. They talk about a lot about trans issues in sports uh, in the milieu of uh, Star Trek. Um, they, they, they beam up their guests, uh, and, and it's a lot of fun. And, and, and anyhow, Carly is, 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 has been an amazing find for us here at OutSports and is a wealth of knowledge about a lot of things sports. And she was talking to me about Laurel and, and these uh, Laurel qualifying for the Olympic Games. And one of the things that Carly pointed out was that when Laurel won her s silver medals at the 2017 World Championships, 
that, that one of the reasons that she may have was that there were so many countries banned. The, the list of countries that were banned for various reasons from that competition, Russia, China, Kazakhstan, Armenia, Turkey, Moldova, Ukraine, Belarus, and Azerbaijan. They were all banned. Uh, plus, North Korea, North Korea and Venezuela boycotted the World Championships. I, I don't know how good the the uh, the, 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 the weightlifting, powerlifting um, teams are for those two countries. But anyhow, uh, it was it was it was an interesting year that when Laurel won her silver medal. And keep in mind, Laurel did not win a gold medal. Laurel lost the gold medal to a cisgender athlete. Uh, and of course. As news has come out that the qualification measures have changed, we see people from the National Review and other anti-trans people. <laughs> I'm sorry. I shouldn't laugh, but it's, it, it's so ridiculous. Their claim, their, their not-so-subtle claim, and, and, and for some of them are saying this outright, claim is that the, the real reason that the the qualification has changed isn't because they didn't have a lot of people qualify because of lack of competitions, which is true, but rather that they want Laurel Hubbard to be in the Olympics so badly that they have simply changed the qualifications to <laughs> allow Laurel into the competition. It's it's it is it it is a it is conspiracy theory stuff. Uh, I I. I Cannot believe under any circumstance that that's true. The New Zealand Olympic Committee, I got a hold of somebody there who said that the New Zealand, and I'll quote you here what, what he sent me, the New Zealand Olympic Committee can confirm that revised international federation qualification systems are very likely to see a number of New Zealand weightlifters, including transgender Commonwealth Games athlete. Laurel Hubbard allocated IF quota spots for Tokyo 2020. So it's, it is likely that Laurel's going to be there. One of the questions is that Laurel has dealt with, um, dealt with injury and, and it's really interrupted her career on the international stage. And Laurel's going to have to be fit to compete. My guess is that she will be, given that she hasn't been competing. My guess is that she's not terribly injured but laurel does not do media interviews is not on social media uh, so it's it's very difficult to get answers directly from laurel and you know i understand why she doesn't do that it's she has been the target of such cruel mean posts um, articles that she just doesn't want to deal with the media or social media so so she's living her own life and looks like she very well may be competing in the Olympic Games. And if she does compete, she will either be the first trans out trans athlete to compete in the Olympic Games or one of the first. And I say one of the first because there are other athletes who we could see there. One of them is Nikki Hiltz. Nikki Hiltz came out on Trans Day of Visibility earlier this year. Uh, Nikki came out as trans non-binary. Nikki competed in the World Championships a couple of years ago and has been aiming for the Olympic Games ever since. Uh, 
And, um, you know, while, while Laurel is a trans woman competing in women's sports, Nikki would be a, uh, a trans non-binary athlete uh, competing in um, competing in the, in the Olympic Games. They would be competing uh, in, in women's category. Uh, Nikki is a distance runner. Um, the 1500 and mile are their, uh, are their specialties. Um, and, you know, Nikki was on this podcast, actually, uh, um, got about a year ago. Uh, they are, they've created a pride run to raise money for the Trevor Project, which is essentially a, a virtual pride run um, in, in June. And it's very cool. Nikki really has embraced, since coming out, you know, previously a, a couple years ago, really embraced being a, a beacon for um, for the uh, for for LGBTQ people, so uh, it's it's I love Nikki talking to Nikki. Uh, they have they have just a really great way of expressing themselves and um, and and a great story having competed for Oregon and then competing in Arkansas, being being out in at, at Arkansas. Um, Again, they came out previously, but but came out as trans non-binary just earlier this year. They came out previously as uh, LGBTQ. So anyhow, uh, Nikki has a shot. Again, they were in the world championship last year. So Nikki has a shot. Uh, as, as as far as I know, I haven't heard anything different. Um, that that uh, Nikki's got a shot at the Olympic Games too. So that's two. A third person who is on people's radar screens is Tiffany Abro. And Tiffany is a transgender volleyball player, professional volleyball player in Brazil. And the, the don't know a lot about her shot at um, at the Olympic Games. The, the, what I hear is that she definitely is good enough. To be on the on Brazil's Olympic team for women's volleyball, however, there may be some movement afoot to not let that happen. Though, uh, uh, you know, recently um, Tiffany's gotten some attention, some international attention, and that that we can only hope that that idea that having a trans woman on the on Brazil's women's volleyball team at the Olympics would be a bad thing. Hopefully, that's shifting. As I, I, you know, what it, it's the atmosphere for trans athletes in the United States has certainly shifted over over the years, and it's it's been outwardly a lot of people have been hostile recently. At the same time, acceptance is growing. I talked to a former high school classmate of mine who reached out to me a couple weeks ago and he he's conservative Christian he said can I just talk to you about this trans athlete issue and I talked with him at length about it and what really got through to him was the power that sports have to empower trans people in their own lives not just trans people all people but trans people in particular can really benefit from opportunities that 
that let them be themselves, express themselves, um, compete, celebrate who they are. Um, so, you know, I think as people like my high school classmate uh, and others hear the stories of people like Tiffany uh, and people like Laurel and people like Nikki and, and come to understand the power of sports in the lives of trans people, I think that the that the, the the barriers are actually coming down, even though they look a lot like they're going up. Doesn't mean it's across the board, but I, I I'm hopeful that anybody in the Brazilian Olympic Committee or Volleyball Brazil who have some issue with Tiffany will look at Tiffany as a woman who has met the qualifications of the International Olympic Committee for competing in women's sports. And, and if they believe that she's good enough to be on the team, that she'll be there. That's three. That's three trans athletes, out trans athletes, who could be in and around the Olympic Games after never having any. But wait. Number four, Chelsea Wolf. Chelsea has also been on this podcast previously. Chelsea is a BMX rider. Here's the thing about Chelsea. Chelsea is, you know, compared to others, maybe relatively new to women's BMX. Frankly, women's BMX is new. <laughs> so I, maybe I need to take it back. Maybe everybody's new to women's BMX. Um uh, and, and it's and it's 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 new to the Olympic Games. Chelsea, this is what's interesting. From what I understand, there's going to be, I believe, it's six competitors. Maybe it's eight competitors in women's BMX. And Chelsea ranks third in the United States, and it looks like the United States is going to have two athletes. Now there's a there's a there's a final event in June, after which the 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 spots for the Olympic Games are going to be named. At this point, I think most expectations are that Chelsea is not going to be named as an actual um, athlete, somebody who's set to compete in the Olympics in Tokyo, but rather an alternate. So that sports uh, and, and, and Olympic teams, they can name some alternates in case one of their athletes goes down, somebody steps in. And they still have, you know, the same number of competitors. The thought is that Chelsea is likely to be in Tokyo, but as an alternate. And so if somebody takes a practice run, a bad spill, breaks a leg, Chelsea's in. Don't, again, nothing set in stone with Chelsea. Nothing set in stone with any of these athletes right now. The teams are still being formed. But Chelsea has a, an outside shot at, at getting an, an official spot in the competition. And a pretty good shot at being named, at worst, an alternate. So that's four trans athletes, out trans athletes, after years of never being any. It, it reminds me of 2018 when the U.S. had never had uh, an out gay male Olympian uh, at, at the Winter Olympics, uh, maybe even at the Summer Olympics. Oh, no, they did at the Summer Olympics. I take it back. Robert Dover, of course. Um, they never had one at the Winter Olympics, and then they had two. <laughs> In fact, there had, I don't think there had ever been an out male at the Winter Olympics. 
believe it or not, uh, with all of the athletes who came out after they competed in the Olympics, they, there was never an out male athlete uh, at the Winter Olympic Games. And then in 2018, there were four. Uh, Yorick Hendricks from Belgium, uh, Eric Radford from Canada, and of course the two Americans, Gus Kenworthy and Adam Rippon. So again, we could go from zero to four trans athletes at the Summer Games. One other person I wanted to mention is C.C. Uh, Telfer. We've written about C.C. a bunch. C.C. was a Division II hurdle champion in 2019. C.C. has been trying to find her way to the Olympic Games. Um, and and, and she's, she's still trying. She's got to find a way to post a qualifying time and then... Uh, in competition, and then has to be selected to a team. She's of Jamaican descent, given the issues that Jamaica has with LGBTQ people, that's that's going to be tough. The United States could select her, uh, but again, she does not have a lot of time to find a meet, to qualify for the Olympic trials, and then go to the Olympic trials and compete. So we're, we're rooting for CeCe, and CeCe would make number five. Um, but, you know, unfortunately for, for CeCe, time is, time is running out. Um, and either way, you know, we're going to be watching CeCe Telfer for a few years. If CeCe wants to keep at it, she absolutely has a shot. You know, uh, um, somebody in four years and they're, mid to late 20s, has a shot at the Olympics. Um, the timing of this and the pandemic getting in the middle of her training just really was an unfortunate for CeCe. So I'm, I, we're going to keep cheering for CeCe uh, and hoping she makes it number five. What we are also likely to see is a couple of trans athletes at the Paralympic Games. There, are, there have been a number of out LGBTQ athletes at the Olympic game, at the Paralympic Games, and there are a couple who have their sights set on Tokyo. Ness Murby is somebody who, again, was on this podcast previously. Uh, they've competed in a number of different sports for a number of different countries, frankly, at, at the at the international uh, para. Para-athletics, para-sports. Um, and Ness has been competed in goalball, powerlifting, and uh, para-athletics, which is the, the, the Paralympic version of track and field. Um, and they, they've medaled in um, the World Championships, the Para-Pan American Games, never medaled in the, the Paralympic Games. So it will be... Uh, interesting to see how Ness does. Uh, Ness uses he, him, they, them pronouns and competes in, uh, yeah, will hopefully be competing in the Paralympic Games, as well as Valentina Pat Pat Patrillo. Patrillo? <laughs> yes, Valentina Patrillo. Um, I don't speak Italian. I, 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 I'm pretty sure that's how you pronounce it. Um, I'm a complete idiot if that is not how you pronounce it. 
But uh, Valentina has also a great shot at the Tokyo Paralympics. Valentina has uh, put up time to qualify. And uh, again, Valentina faces some of the same things that Tiffany may be facing. That is an Italian Olympic committee that's not so high on the LGBTQ community. If you've been to Italy, you likely know that the, that the country is many, 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 many years behind North America um, in acceptance of LGBTQ people. And the thought there is that Valentina may be facing some issues with their um, with her the uh, Paralympic committee in Italy. So either way, let's you know that's a total of six people who have a possibility of competing in the Olympic and Paralympic Games who are out in trans again after there being zero. And you know, I started this off by saying that oh well, you know they've always said that um, you know it's evidence that that trans women don't have an advantage of women's sports because there's never been an out Olympian. Here we are having out Olympians. This is still not evidence that uh, that that trans women have some um, some unfair advantage over cisgender women in sports. One of the things that's important to note is that the IOC mandates uh, hormone therapy. They, they, they mandate a transition. And the, to, it's, it's, it's amazing how different people um, embrace different parts of the science and studies here. You know, some people who want trans athletes competing in, in women's sports point to studies that show that there is a kind of an equaling of the playing field, if you will, as trans women transition. And of course, anti-trans forces will point to other studies that say there's no, there's not, and they have an unfair advantage. Um, the Joe Rogans of the world will you know, sit there and, and, and sip his whiskey and pound his fist and demand, that, demand everyone to <laughs> uh, ignore the fact that Fallon Fox loses to a cisgender women because trans women have an unfair advantage. Ah. Well, just because there are some trans women in the Olympics doesn't suddenly mean that trans women have an unfair advantage of sports. It means they're there. It means they're present. It means they're competing. And if a couple of trans women end up at the Olympics, frankly, that would be to, to be expected. We would expect some trans women to end up at, at the Olympic Games. If they have an equal shot, um, they, they, they should be there. We should expect them to be there. And, you know, reasonable, thoughtful people who understand what it is to transition, uh, they, they know this, they accept this. You know, one of the, uh, I, I interviewed Nancy Hogshead Maycar, uh, oh God, a month or two ago on this podcast. And, you know, some people have pointed to her Women's Sports Policy Working Group as being problematic. That um, even Nancy, Nancy's group that has, uh, Martina Navratilova and, and, and other women who are pointed to as being transphobic. I don't think they're transphobic, but, but some people point, point to them and say they are. 
even those women say, some of them have won Olympic gold medals, say, no, if a trans woman transitions um, and, and follows the proper channels, she should be able to compete. So the people who will point to the Laurel and Tiffany's of the world and, and say, oh, you see unfair advantage, you know, those people are not reachable no matter what. And I'm just thrilled that the trans people that I know may have some role models to cheer for in the Olympic Games. And I'm excited to include and follow some trans athletes as part of Team LGBTQ uh, in Tokyo ahead. I think it will be one of the more one of the more exciting parts of the games to to follow how they're doing. And you know what? I hope they win. <laughs> I hope Brazil wins the volleyball. Well, maybe they win the silver. Maybe the Americans beat them. Um, and I hope Laurel wins a gold. So anyhow, we're going to be following these stories. This is going to be developing. There's going to be lots of screaming about it. And, and I hope you'll keep coming back to Outsports for some thoughtful insight about the Olympic Games ahead, uh, including the trans athletes. And I hope you'll come back next week for another episode of Five Rings to Rule Them All.